I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Today on First Lady and Friends, Kirsten Rapley and I sit down and talk about all the amazing things that we've been doing this year and a little bit of preview of the things to come. Let's get proximate. Welcome back to First Lady and Friends. We are doing an episode today. I have in studio with me here today, Kirsten Rapley, my awesome everything. <laughs> I'm like forgetting. I know, what's your one title? of those titles that kind of changes depending on what we need. In HR, <laughs> I think it's director of first lady initiatives, but I don't really, I know. it kind of changes. It's, she's my, we just do she's stuff my together everything. a lot. So we are going to do a, an update on our initiatives and all the crazy things that we've been doing. Hopefully you've seen us out and about. Um, hopefully, you know, we, you've had a, a chance to interact with with our team and the things that we've been doing, but we just wanted to give a rundown and kind of a shout out to to our partners and the people that have been helping us along the way, as well as the incredible people of Utah that we have um, they have shared their stories with us with our the children in the state that we've interacted with. It's just been a, a beautiful time for us. People, I get the question all the time, like, you know, how do you like being first lady? And um, <laughs> the truth is, and the answer I always give is. It's actually really fun, uh, personally for me, maybe not so much for my husband in his role, <laughs> but um, for me, it's been a chance to really do things that I'm passionate about and and interact with, with folks throughout the state, you know, from the teeniest little newborn foster child um, to a parent who's struggling to figure out how to navigate being a foster parent, to um, incredible partners, organizations that we've had throughout the state. I mean, we just we've just met incredible people, and it's just been uplifting. There's been lots of times we cry like at events almost every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just been super cool. So we just wanted to do a quick update. Yeah, I, I think. Somebody asked me a similar question once and I just said, I get to spend my days doing service projects in the community, right? Like just meeting the people who are making amazing things happen in Utah. And we just get to go shine our little light and do what we can to be helpful. And I get to do it with my best friend. So it's it's just a really, really special and awesome phase of life, I think, for me personally, you know. And one of the things um, I learned as a government staffer 
is that government's not good at very many things, but we're really good at connecting, um, connecting people to each other. Maybe somebody, you know, being sort of at that 100,000 foot level where you see, you know, this group is doing this and this group is doing this. I wonder if they could, you know, work together. And in in sort of a similar way, we've really been able to come in and, and just sort of be the people who get to do some of the networking. And, and it's, it's honestly an honor because, the people who we get to connect to each other are people who are doing really, really incredible things. I think that's a big takeaway too, is um, just the power of, of people to do good in this state. And I think we many times get caught up in the negativity surrounding politics, surrounding basically everything, you know, that we see in social media and on the in the media is, negative and what we get to see day in and day out and hopefully shine a huge spotlight on and hopefully get some some of that coverage in the media and social media to to really the world is not such a horrible place as as we like to see sometimes that's such a good point because yeah what what breaks through until sort of like the public sphere is often like the really crappy stuff that makes us all feel horrible but underneath the surface there is so much good going on and that's the other thing i've been honestly blown away by is just the amount of um approaching us there has been right like hey i'm a mom and i do monthly service projects with my family like what can we do with show up or i am the ceo of a multinational corporation and we have employees and a budget for good like what can we do to partner with show up and we we haven't even had to do a whole lot of approaching on our own because people just are searching for that good and they're searching because people are mostly good you know And and it just has been cool to get to be something of a of a conduit for some of those opportunities. Yeah, it's it's been such a cool journey so far. And so we want to talk a little bit about some of the things that we were able to do, some of the partners we've been working with. And we can start with our foster care focus area. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things we've done. I, I think one of the most powerful things in this space Besides, I mean, the biggest thing I think is just connecting with families. I think this has been the most powerful thing that we've mm-hmm. done and celebrating families and celebrating what they're doing. And really, I mean, how many times have we had families come up to us, parents um, in this space come up to us and say, you know, I, I didn't know anybody cared. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's that's the power of what we can do is just to really highlight what, you know, tell people's stories of what they're doing and the powerful work that they're doing. I got to say something really vulnerable about this. Um, I don't think that I did really care very much. And and, and it's not that I'm like, oh, that makes me sound like really horrible, but I think it's because I didn't see it and I didn't know that the need was there. Um, Utah needs hundreds more foster families every year, but in addition to that, they also just need to be seen and supported by community members, right? We've talked on this podcast before a while ago about, um, the concept of care communities and just wrap around services in a sense for for the families who are participating in this work and who are fostering. Um, there's just so, yeah, there's just so much more being seen that needs to be done in this space. And we've been able to do a little bit of that. I think some of my favorite events that we've done, um, this job is um, very event-based, based um, as opposed to anything I've done in my personal career in the past that's been, you know, more policy or 
um, whatever that looks like. But we've been able to host um, or co-host because we really are trying to just co-host everything we do. We're not trying to do anything by ourselves. Um, Some cultural immersion experiences for foster families. We've had incredible organizations um, step up with us like um, the Utah Shakespeare Festival and the Tuacon and the Ogden um, Dinosaur Dinosaur Museum. And um, I'm sure I'm forgetting others right now, but just to host a night Calabunga out for Bay. Yes. We did uh, just recently, um, there was an event at uh, Boondocks. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That we were, you know, supportive of. And um, we just, there's been a lot of, we, we did a breakfast at Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A yes. for, for families that could come. Um, and, and that was cool. I met... A woman there who brought her, several of her foster children, not all of them, but many of them, but she and her husband were fostering. They had fostered and then adopted five sets, no, mm-hmm. three, three sets yeah. of five with five children, each sibling, yeah, sibling groups. groups. Yeah. 15, 15, let me say that again, yeah. 15 children that they took in. Um, to their family. their family and they had I think three of their own so they had like 18 children if I remember correctly and they're seriously like ugh, there is not more important work like we in the space of government and again that's just my background right we talk a lot about like helping the most vulnerable and certainly it's so important to help people in other sectors um, I've spent a lot of time working on suicide prevention and homelessness and other things um, this feels different, right? Like these children through absolutely no fault of their own have entered the child welfare system. And there are these angels on earth who are reaching out and bringing him into their space. And it's just been so, so cool. And I think, I mean, we have a lot of other really cool stuff coming up. I don't know how much we've talked about the app here on the on the podcast. It's, it's a really cool thing that we've done and we've partnered with the Hogel Zoo again has been a really fun partner that we've worked with and they've sponsored events to have foster families come to, to the Hogel Zoo. But we kicked off a really cool event at the zoo and again, partners with America's Kids Belong and DCFS and um, Raise the Future and all these other partners that we have in the foster space, we there is an app, and if you don't have it, please please download it. If you're a foster family, download this app. And if you're a business or associated with a business, or if there's a business in your community and you're a family and you want them to participate, you can go on the app and nominate it. It's the foster friendly app, um, and what it is is it ha- businesses can go on there and offer discounts to foster families they can become a foster friendly business and it's it's really amazing because you know again if you have 15 kids or 18 kids mm-hmm. now because you have brought them into your home and you've opened your heart and your home to them financially it's not easy it's not easy to to have that burden of of taking you know making sure these kids have all their needs met let alone mm-hmm. any wants or cool things that you get to participate in yes. so so as a business you the Hogel Zoo will give you these passes at a very 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 discounted rate and you can take your entire family to the Hogel Zoo um and and it's not a financial burden and so businesses can continue to participate in this yeah. we've even had you know 
boutique owners reach out and say, hey, I'll give a 20% discount to foster families and those kinds of things. So yeah, that's a huge, if there's like a call to action, I think in the foster space from us, it's like if you have a connection to be able to offer and show from the business community what you're doing uh, or that you can support these families, that's one way to do it. And then I think the other thing that, you know, another call to action would definitely be um, making sure that we have um, you, that you're aware of the families in your neighborhood, in your church congregation, you know, your family, who, wherever it is that you can become part of their caring community and reach out and figure out what they need with them. Um, the best way to serve them, you know, and it will be different for every family. Some people will need their laundry folded, but other people will be like, please don't come in and fold my laundry. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those people. <laughs> yeah. But some people will need their lawn mowed. And, you know, what is it that we can do to support each one of those families? So I think that's a big part of it. And so um, let's let's quickly move into what we've been doing in um, the Special Olympics Unified Sports. This has been, there's been some events here. Again, talk about tears yes. and joy and connection. Um, let's talk a little bit about our announcements that we made with our two Awesome, amazing schools. So fun. And you can, we got a little bit of news coverage on these even, which was really fun. So if you want to see what it looked like and get those visuals, go, you know, get your Googler out. That was really, really amazing. <laughs> um, the the Special Olympics Utah organization came to us and asked if we wanted to help make these announcements. And so two teams, uh, Special Olympics Unified Sports teams from Utah have been selected to go compete out in um, Disney World next next year as part of the USA Games. It's a huge, huge deal, and it's very, very cool. And we got to um, just kind of go and help make those fun announcements. So we pulled in some team or some community partners to do that with us. Yeah, the the Utah Jazz, um, as well as Real Salt Lake, were both involved, one with our soccer team, which is which was um, Tooele. And we were out there uh, celebrating with them, had, had a... One of the Real soccer players, our goalie, and we had the the mascots and the jazz dancers, jazz were, dancers there. were at our yeah. other one in, in a Wasatch for our basketball team that's going to be competing. And these events, I'm telling you, I, there's just there's nothing more beautiful, and there is nothing in this world that we need more. I believe right now than unified sports. There has been some things that have happened in our state recently that have caused a lot of grief and trauma. And we're, we're devastated about um, the lack of inclusion and the things that have kind of come out in the recent, in recent days and weeks. The thing that is going to fix all of this, I believe is how do we connect how do we include and how do we wrap our arms and love and get proximate to people who have indi- individual disabilities, invisible disabilities, people that may not look different from you, but have very different sensory needs than you do? Um, how do we create communities right now in our schools that will be the communities in our world in the future? That, it, that are inclusive, that are loving, that are connected, that that see people and celebrate them for who they are. And I, I just think there is no better way to do this than through Unified Sports. It's 
totally a miracle every time we get to be around any of of the athletes who participate in this program. Um, I've never seen or felt anything quite like when we were in the gym at Wasatch High School um, making this announcement. And we did a little basketball game, um, little meaning it was like 10 minutes long, but the entire student body was there just screaming at the top of their lungs. And I just barely could even breathe because it was just such a beautiful experience. And it's the kind of thing that like as a parent, I really, really want to help my kids get access to being in that space because that empathy is immediately fostered. And the thing is, people are catching on really quick, right? We have a goal within Show Up to get this program into um, 100 schools by next school year. And honestly, um, as soon as people see it, they want to be part of it, right? We've had amazing conversations and commitments already from the Jordan School District and the Davis School District who've come to us and said, hey, we heard about this thing. Tell us more. And we don't even have to like... I mean, it's not like we're working hard or doing a lot. It's just like they get proximate to the program. They get proximate to the experience and they want this for their students. So I think honestly, we're going to like, I hate to say this and like, I, no, I don't hate to say it. I think we're honestly going to blow our 100 school goal out of the water. And hopefully that just means that more and more kids exponentially throughout this the state are going to get access to this. Yeah. And and again, we had a, a really cool event with um, Real Salt Lake at Rio Tinto Stadium where we had a huge t- soccer tournament, the biggest unified sports event in our state's history, where we brought together all these teams. We had incredible VIPs there to experience the program, mm-hmm. have, a, have an opportunity to talk to the athletes and their peers and and to connect with this program. In a way that just, I mean, you see it, you like you said, you visualize it, you see it in person, you get proximate to it, you get proximate to these kids, and you can't help but jump in and say, no, this is the answer. This is the answer to what what we're struggling with in this in this state and in this country. So we're, we're super excited um, with our Unified Sports. It's big. We are going to blow our 100 out of the water. And if you want to be involved, if you have a business, if you personally want to sponsor a team, Reach out to us, showup.org. We are going to showupUtah.org. We're going to expand this and we're going to make this just the coolest program ever. We have more to talk about and we'll continue this conversation when we come right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. We're back here in studio with Kirsten Rapley, myself. We are giving an update about our initiatives and all the cool things we've been doing. Like, what are we up to? <laughs> we what have are we been doing time stuff. On? <laughs> we yeah. don't just podcast. We do lots of <laughs> lots of lots of stuff. <laughs> um, but we want to get into uh, an, an area, and, and especially this this week, we are working really hard. Uh, in the area of emotional self-reliance, all the things we're doing with our educators, taking care of our educators, first and foremost. Yes. Um, I think what's happened is um, during this pandemic, we have focused a lot on our first responders and rightfully so. Um, we need to take care of our 
um, mental health, our emotional health. And I think all of us through the pandemic have sort of reflected on where we are emotionally and mentally um, because there's been some, there's been some trauma and I, yeah. and I hope we've yeah, changed. Yeah. I've hope we've focused a little bit more, have a little more self-reflection, have a little bit more empathy for people that are struggling, um, give each other some grace. Um, I hope we see that in a lot of ways we have, um, in a lot of ways we have a lot more to do in this arena of, of giving each other some grace and helping each other find the best, the best paths forward for, for ourselves and for our families and the needs that we have. But we need to also teach our children and the children of the state to be the future leaders and mentors and kind, caring humans that, that maybe we're lacking right now. Yeah. And I just think the most powerful way we can do this is through our teachers, through yes. our educators. Yes, yes. We've talked about it on this podcast before. I think. I mean, we even had John Arthur, the 2020 Utah Teacher of the Year here, but he said to us, um, you know, unhealthy adults can't teach children how to be healthy. And he was referring to his his own um, anxiety and, and frustration and difficulty kind of coming out of the pandemic. I mean, we keep saying coming out of it, but you know what I mean? Just, just trying to pivot his whole career and figure out how to balance everything going on in his own life with his own family and um, it feels also like an honor to be able to help the helpers a little bit here. And so that's what we've tried to do is, I mean, Abby, you have an education background. I do not. Um, but one of the things that we're trying to do with our show up team is really focus into to, like to show the educators of the state that we see them, that we recognize that their own emotional self-reliance, their own like well-being really, really matters. And we're doing what we can with our resources to pass those on to, to teachers. Yeah. And so the big thing that we have coming up is actually uh, this week. Um, and I'm not sure when this will drop, but we have a, a huge teacher symposium. It's a virtual teachers um, educators symposium on teacher wellness. And we have some incredible folks that are, that are going to be addressing our teachers um, helping them to have strategies and tools for their own um, emotional self-reliance in order to then be the best educators, the best teachers that they can be. And these skills will translate in the classroom perfectly. The best people they can be, right? I think about, you know, us in our own lives, like we're moms and we do the show up initiative and we're wives and we're all these and, and teachers are t educators and, 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 and we see that. What's been really interesting working in this space as we've been prepping for this virtual symposium um, and as we're getting ready for some of the stuff we're going to do in 2022 to continue to show and support teachers um, is how practical it all is. Right. I, I tend to think like, oh, OK, we're going to deep dive into some serious psychology stuff and, you know, open up our deep wounds. It's it's honestly some of it is so like practical. Most of it is the kind of thing that you can take into your own life and start doing the next day. Um, little things like breathing techniques, right? And and there's more to it than that, obviously, but it's just been cool to see what's out there and to be able to bring those practices a little bit more into this space. Yeah. And, and I think teaching ourselves, especially our educators, to, it, to recognize 
their own emotions mm-hmm. and and how that affects their the way they teach. And when they're in a good space emotionally, when they know how to regulate their own emotions and the things that are going on in their personal lives, they're so much more effective in the classroom and they are going to model what it means to be emotionally self-reliant to their students. And um, again, another another way to set the next generation up for success in all aspects of their lives. Of course, academics. Mm-hmm. Teachers are going to teach academics. They're amazing at it. Yes. But how can you teach academics when you have a child that is struggling so much with their own emotions that they can't function in the classroom? Mm-hmm. If that child or that teacher has been taught and understands their own emotions and, and how to regulate them and how to label them and all the great things that the, these techniques that we can learn if they have those tools it it just we connect better we understand each other better the the inappropriate behaviors in a classroom will come down mm-hmm. learning academic learning will increase and and it's just it's been proven over and over again that when these techniques are used in the classroom when they're used as an educator our lives are better mm-hmm. and our students lives are better and everyone succeeds have you seen it for me i think just having learned what the little bit that i have already in this i i think before i speak a little bit better than i used to and when i'm interacting with my little kids i'm really trying to be a lot more conscious of the way I'm saying things or how I'm framing them. And I think it's allowed me to diffuse situations sometimes. And it, I mean, I'm curious, have you felt that in your own life? Yeah. Oh, certainly. I mean, I have a 14 year old daughter right now, nearly 15. She will be in a, in a few weeks, but, um, there's, there's definitely times where I'm reflecting on what's going before I sort of blow up or, or get after her for doing something, you know, and just getting really frustrated with her. Um, I'm thinking about why am I really doing this? What am I mm-hmm. really upset about? What, you know, and then it is, it's a, it's a time, it's a moment to self-reflect before, again, with a, when a mother and a 14 year old daughter relationship I'm finding is, is fraught with <laughs> things that I didn't anticipate, but fraught with a lot of emotion. Yeah. And, you know, there's been times when I have to self-reflect and say, am I upset with her because I'm bringing my own 14-year-old girl thoughts and anxieties? And am I projecting that on her? Or, you know, what's really going on with me Yeah, yeah. so that I can interact with her in, you know, that moment where you, I have to keep telling myself, I'm the adult. I'm the adult. Be the adult. Be the adult. Please. (laughs) I have a hard time with that with my three-year-old sometimes. So 14 (laughs) is going to be a doozy. (laughs) No, but I, I just think that's, that's the space that we need to think about this stuff in. And there's, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to. Like it's been a really frustrating time because I feel like there's a lot of misinformation and misconceptions about what this really is and what it really means. And we're doing everything we possibly can to dispel and and to 
really define what we're talking about Mm -hmm. in a way that people understand exactly what we're trying to do. Emotional self-reliance, teaching you how to be an emotional scientist to really reflect on these things are going to improve everything in your life. And I think it's beautiful for educators and it's beautiful for all of us. I love it. I love it. So uh, the last focus area that we want to talk about, and we have some really cool stuff coming up. We should probably up. just do our own like separate podcast episode I, on this focus area because it's going to be so awesome. Yeah. So we'll just give a little tease. And we've talked about service and we've done a ton of service projects throughout um, this year. I mean, we we went to Jane.com. We, po- we packed 250 backpacks for kids in foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did the 9-11 National Day of Service. We participated in some charitable efforts that are, you know, some of our team members are working on. It, it's just been cool. We've done a ton of stuff. The, the, the really cool one, the neighborhood house that we did with oh, the governor's so office. Good. I mean, it was, it was just super cool. So we've done a lot of cool service projects. We want service to be, um, it's going to flow throughout our, our initiative and, but we want a, a bigger focus on how we do it intentionally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had we've had a LaDawn Stoddard here on our podcast. She's she's amazing. And we're working on some really big things. We have an entire service committee that powerful people just is, committed. Amazing yeah. people. Yes, it's going to be cool. And starting the first of the year in January, we are going to have some really so be watching. Yes. Um, just some really powerful things that are going on in our service area. I love it. So, yeah. What? So let's just do a quick, before we end, we just want to do a quick uh, what's coming up and how you can get involved. Yeah. I, I What's going to be so fun is year two of this. I feel like year one, we really started at the, at the beginning of the year with a blank page. We've talked about how we went and we listened to people in these different areas. Um because we wanted to know what the needs were instead of just pretending like we knew what we were or what they were. And then we, you know, started a 501c3 to be able to help us with some of this stuff. And, and I think that year two is just going to be even better because we're more organized and we, we're still learning so much in every single one of these areas, but we, when you know better, you do better. And I'm hoping to carry that into 2022. Um, even, even though like next month is also going to be really cool. Some of it we'll wait to share until later, but over the holidays, we're going to be doing um, projects in each of these areas and then kicking off 2022 with a really dedicated um, bandwidth toward expanding that unified sports program into hopefully your own kids schools, dear listeners. Um, I mean, what else? What else do you think? Oh, and we're doing yeah. some summits in December. We, we should talk about the summit really quickly in December. Yeah, we Children's are Center. doing a uh, uh Early Childhood Mental Health Summit in December with all the big players in the state around children and mental health. And it's going to be cool. And two hours of that are a free webcast that anybody can join. And it's seriously like if you are interested in your early childhood and mental health, like just go. The information's online. It's not hard to find. But join us because it's free and it's just going to be access to a wealth of information. We have a couple of really cool events partnering with Utah Jazz coming up around Christmas time. Yes. Um, again, we just a, a phenomenal partner. Um, the Utah Jazz have been just above uh, and beyond. I mean, we, we just can't thank yep. them enough. Um, they're doing some really meaningful stuff with our foster kids. 
and and the families in the state that it's just cool. Yes. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that once we've sort of laid out 2022 a little bit more and we have a little bit more time, we'll maybe come back on and do sort of a preview so that people who are interested in partnering with us throughout the year know what we're go- going to be up to and can reach out to us because we just we want to partner with whoever is out there who wants to be showing up with us. Absolutely. And we will we will again mention some links. But if you have interest in any of these areas and you want to get involved or if you just decide you want to donate um, funds to to help any of these uh, focus areas, uh, we we are excited to. to, Again, we have incredible partners. We have organizations that are helping us, but mostly we have individuals that are passionate about these these areas and passionate about creating empathy getting proximate and connecting as a community Mm, the best so we get involved with us reach out to us again showuputah.org we will we would love to have any and all of you involved in what we're doing yes please so thank you and we'll see you next time